What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 92 and I am here in quarantine, joined by Ryan in quarantine and Tyler in quarantine. How are you guys doing? I've I've had enough of this. I don't know about you, Ryan and you, Greg, <laughs> but I've I've had enough of this. Not being able to go and see friends, go to the gym, watch hockey on TV, just about anything in life that you I I have even caught myself saying that I would love to go to the office right now, and mm-hmm. that is not an option either. <laughs> I will never complain ever when this thing is over. <laughs> And I can wake up and actually go to work and see actual people. See, it makes you grateful for the small things that you never recognize in your life. <laughs> right? I just want to go to the bar. Yeah, I know. That too. That too. Ryan, how are you? something that's not my house. I'm going fucking stir crazy. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> yep. I am a... Uh... You can't tell by the lack of emotion in my voice right now. It's because I stare at the same goddamn wall. At least at work, you get a little bit of a change. You can walk around. Here I can walk into my kitchen I'm like, oh, I see this every single day for the last oh, month. Great. <laughs> yeah, I we, am. We started March 13th and it's just like, oh, I am what yep. you could consider an extrovert. And I am slowly dying inside day by day <laughs> when I don't get to go to any parties or I don't get to hang out with my friends and play games or anything. But it's all necessary. Our stay at home just got extended until the 30th Uh, the 30th of april so i'm hoping by the middle of may that we can get back to a little bit of normal life and that maybe we can start thinking about uh thinking about sports more because uh you never realize i I mean maybe in off season but off season there's more news do you never realize how much you miss sports until you go like three weeks without anything happening You know, like the only what? thing I can compare this to when baseball is in the all-star game and like there's literally nothing else going on because all even, the yeah, other sports are that's in the only off-season. Like four or five days. But yeah, even exactly. Still, that's even what I'm still saying. In, the, in the sports off-season, there's at least news and other stuff happening. But like right now, if there wasn't hot, like Red Wing, like today would have been, was it today or yesterday? It would have been the first day of the playoffs. Yeah, today yep, would have been the draft. Today. And and Red Wings, of course, not be in the playoffs, but like I could be watching the Tigers lose terribly or something just sports related. There would be some news. And now we've got to kind of dig into like what people think are going to happen and these crazy scenarios and these random signings from other teams like the uh, the Maple Leafs somehow signed a guy with the imaginary money that they have. I, I checked Cap- Russian. No, apparently he was a coveted Russian. I wouldn't Bar- say coveted. Bar- he had like what twenty points in forty three games in the KHL. <laughs> Barobarov, Barabov, Bar- the great Baraboo. Watch, he'll be he'll end up being their version of Vladimir Tarasenko or something. I don't think so. Bebop and Rocksteady. No, I think he's going to be their version of Damian Brunner. But we'll see what that's happens. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine too. Damian Brunner had Alexander a really good one year with Barabanov. <laughs> or Barabanov. But or I'm, Barabanov. I was just really confused because they announced that they're signing him and then I immediately He's 25 tweeted. Years old. I immediately tweeted with what with what money? Because right I now <laughs> the Maple Leafs cap hit is ninety five million one hundred and seventy eight thousand three hundred and thirty two dollars. They have they're they've used thirteen 13 and a half million dollars in LTIR space. 
And you know, okay, so I was looking at their cap friendly. Nathan Horton, who is 5.3 mm-hmm. million, drops off next year. David Clarkson, who's 5.25 million, drop off, drops off next year. That's 10.5 million, 10.55 million that you're going to get back without having to LTI. You do some LTIR magic. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Andreas Joh- uh, Johnson is going to be coming back, right? He's got. I would a, think he's, so. He's signed through 23. Yeah, he's not LTIR retired, so he'll be back, and he's 3.4 million dollars. That's going to be back on the cap, and uh, Mikeyev is it will be back. He's not. It's not kind of any kind of career-ending injury or anything for him. So you figure you're freeing up 10 million, and that's still going to bring you to probably around 3 million over the cap. And you've still got to sign people like I, I just don't know. Are, are they letting Tyson Berry walk? Are they letting Cody CC walk? So. Are they probably. letting Travis Dermott walk? Um, wh- What are they going to do? Because you've got to pay. You've got to put a team on the ice. And unless your team is going to be random people signed from Russia, um, prospects, and then your five or six people, you've got 80% of your roster tied up. And I don't understand where they print all this magical Canadian money that they're using on their team to get around the cap. I don't know. <laughs> that is the most intriguing team to watch. And if the cap doesn't ex- like exponentially jump, they are effed. Well, with this, and with I'm here the whole it. pandemic, the, this is going to severely hurt the cap. Yeah, it'll hurt yeah. them. Yeah. If there's, I mean, that could, if it does, if nothing, if they don't get a playoffs in, I could see the cap either barely touching a mill jump or not moving at all. Yeah, I could see it completely stagnate. I don't see how. And then you have the giant leap the following season because the new deals will be hitting in with a TV deal. Yeah. And all the things that we've talked about previously kind of fall into place. So you'll see this could be where you see no, no cap change and then a five to six million dollar jump well you got to think so if you lose your sponsorships because you're not playing on tv the playoffs Mm -hmm. is where sponsorship dollars go through the roof because the playoffs are are more watched than any regular season game no matter Mm -hmm. who's playing and and your advertiser dollars are, are are gone at that point so you might i mean they were projecting a high we talked about it a few episodes ago a pretty decent jump um, anywhere between two to five or six million dollars in the cap, and you might see a zero jump in the cap. You might yeah, see the cap jump. stay. Now, Even, what what good go could ahead. come out of it? I would say that is maybe, and and it might be a long shot. But if there's no playoffs and no cup awarded, and the rest of the season canceled, you you might see an availability of a compliance buyout because of revenue lost. And if they offer a compliance buyout, I mean, one of Nielsen or Ablocator are gone and it would most likely be Ablocator. I have a question for you, Greg, and I know you're more plugged in on a lot of this stuff than, than I am. Um, do you think we'll see hockey in the fall? Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they'll let them completely cancel it. And that's something we're going to talk about. And actually, I think we'll go into it now. So there was a couple things. There is, uh, and we'll start, I guess, with this, is per Frank Saravelli, the NHL is considering using a rollback to 68 games and where the standings were after 68 games. 
Uh, if that, in fact, happens, the Flyers would win the Metro and would face W2 with the Hurricanes. And Caps versus would make a Caps versus Pens first round. So Ryan tagged me in this earlier, and I looked at it. So I'm going to go through pretty quick how the kind of two systems would work depending on what they would use. So if they go by points percentage, uh, the Eastern Conference lineups would be Washington versus Carolina, Philly versus Pittsburgh, Boston versus the Islanders, and Tampa versus Toronto. If they went for a 68 games played rollback, it would be Philly versus Carolina, Washington versus Pittsburgh, Boston versus the Islanders, and Tampa versus Toronto. Now, I don't like the 68 games played rollback idea for the Eastern Conference teams because in order to get, I think, people, sports in general coming back will get people engaged and make people happy and get people watching. So I think if sports came back, the the NHL would see a big boost probably over what it would normally see. Yep. But if you've got a Philly-Pittsburgh series where they're True. just beating the shit out of each other, that would be phenomenal. And like I said, I just want to see Tampa stomp a, stomp a hole in Toronto. Now, Greg, keep in mind that if they do this whole North Dakota idea that they're coming, that they think North that Dakota. they would be coming up with, that the CDC is backing. Now, that's the only reason that I'm even bringing this up at this point. Yeah, we're going to talk about that like too. That. But if they were to go through with this, and Philly and Pittsburgh were playing and there was an empty arena. Just think about the amount of fucking trash talk that would be going on that you would be able to pick up through these Wait, microphones. You would have you would not be able to have the on ice mics. You'd only be able to do overhead mics just for rink sound. There's no way they'd put I mean, unless there were giant billboard sized disclaimers that you might hear things that probably shouldn't be broadcasted on <laughs> national television. But there's no way they would allow them to have ice level mics. They they'd have to be mics up in the scoreboard. And even then, what do you think they were gonna do for those empty building games before the season got put on hold? It'd have to be the same thing. It'd have to same be thing. yeah. It'd have to be scoreboard mics. Um, but Ryan, what would I guess? My question is, what would you rather see? A, a, per the percentage in the Eastern Conference or the 68 games played rollback? So I mean, the one I'd rather see it's. It's really a toss-up. I mean, Jason Mert, uh, who tweeted this out originally, which is what I tagged in, um, is interesting. But the matchups, to your point, aren't as exciting. Now, granted, Washington versus Pittsburgh is a pretty damn good thing to see. And Colby versus Crosby. Wanna, yeah, that's, that's always a fantastic matchup. And you know that Wilson and um, Hornquist are going to be neck and neck the entire time. And so they got Gudis now, don't they? Washington's got Radko Gudis. They do, yeah. So, I mean, it, it would definitely be fun. And plus, it's you know, Tampa, Toronto. The bottom four don't change in the Atlantic. The Metro is the only one that gets gets crazy. And it's just a Washington, Philly flip-flop. So, uh, I mean, the point percentage makes sense because the games are played. So to discredit those games is kind of Bush League, in my opinion. However, to say that, I, it also makes sense that they cut off at 68 games because that's where everyone's at. Yeah, there's some teams at 72, 73. I, if that's, I think that's what the high point was, is 73. But 
is six sixty eight the low? Is that what they're saying? They cut it off at sixty eight yeah. because that's the least yep. amount of games played. All I, teams have played at least sixty eight games. That makes sense because it's not really fair to give points to some teams where other uh-huh. teams didn't get chance to get those points. Yeah, that that's where I I kind of I'm torn because the matchups and points percentage are better. I mean, for the Metro, that is. But if you look at the 68 game rollback, you're still not seeing bad matchups. Philly and Carolina is not going to really get you a whole lot, but you are going to win with Washington, Pittsburgh and Tampa, Toronto. So and you're getting Tampa, Toronto, no matter what. Boston, New York is probably going to be good just because of the market. The the market's there and it's the Islanders have have you, not the Rangers. Um, So I think the more appropriate way to go would be the 68 games because it's an evil, even playing field the matchups may not be as fantastic you're not getting that marquee philly pittsburgh matchup but it could still happen because of the next round so i'd be indifferent in that sense but i think 68 games in my opinion would would be the the right way to go so i personally think and this is just what i think here I think that it should be just the way that the standings are right now. And if there's any teams that are tied, which it doesn't appear that there are in the East anyways, in the West, you have Nashville and Vancouver that are tied. So maybe you play a one-off game and that team makes the playoffs. The other team doesn't. And you go from there because Tampa, Toronto is, is a great series. Boston, Columbus, you know, a rematch of last year. Rematches always, you know, kind of bring some rivalry to it a little bit. Then you have Washington and Carolina who played each other last year in the playoff. And then Philly and Pittsburgh, which you don't even need to say anything after that. It's just Philly and Pittsburgh. Um, In the West, you'd have what? St. Louis and Nashville. And then Vegas, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary. I mean, that's unbelievable. And then Colorado, St. Colorado, Dallas, which I believe they played in the playoffs a couple of years ago as well. So, I mean, that's the way I would do it personally, just because that's how the standings were when we paused. If there's any ties, then, you know, you do a a one-off series, you know, just like a wild card, like baseball game kind of that they do and uh, go from there. And the the winner gets to the playoffs, the loser goes home for the summer or or whenever this is going to happen or presumably. I think, though, I'd still rather have Philly-Pittsburgh. I need a Mm Philly-Pittsburgh matchup mm -hmm. because – I think that would be one of the the hardest played matchups in the playoffs in probably quite some time. Um, but I think that that we can kind of go on to where where they're going to talk about maybe looking at the playoffs now because of the the situation is state by state with how states are being impacted currently. They're going to need a neutral, and we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. They're going to need a neutral site. For the Mm -hmm. playoffs. So Elliot Friedman reported on Sunday that the league has tossed around the idea of finishing the 2019-2020 season and postseason in North Dakota if games could take place. This is from Sports Illustrated. Uh, We said before the University of North Dakota's Ralph Ingolstadt Arena in Grand Forks is what's under consideration. It has an 11,640 seating capacity, uh, but additional sites would be required. Like we said, it's hard to do that many games in one arena. Because just the logistics and and ice quality and amount of games you would have to get in in a in a compacted amount of time, um, but the NHL and NHLPA are expected to discuss other potential locations this week, um, and then it goes on to say that basically where this arena is at 
North Dakota is the fourth least populated state in people per like square mile, only behind like Alaska and Wyoming and other places where no one wants to live. But that's <laughs> um, that's where uh, it's we find out the fans that we have in North Dakota don't really appreciate that. I have um, my uh, <laughs> sister-in-law lives in North Dakota. They actually have some great hockey fans in in Grand Forks. That's that's like a really good hockey town. Now the thing is, is the fans would the fans uh, would not be able to attend uh, the games. I understand. I'm just saying, like we're we're talking about you know you're talking shit about North Dakota a little bit there. So no, I'm just saying it's not a populated state. You're this is the this is coming from the fans that there was a regional in Fargo a couple years ago for the NCAA tournament. And they all before the, the so that these tickets come out during the like before like it's during the regular season. So these people saw the regional in Fargo, and they bought all the tickets for for the regional that was you know three months down the line. You go fo- fast forward three months down the line, North Dakota didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So these people were stuck selling their tickets and everything like that. Ugh. They're yeah. hockey rabid in North Dakota. They they would tell you that they could support an NHL franchise. Yeah, so would a lot of other places that say that, and then you get two years down the road and they're broke. So, <laughs> but yeah, they would have to do it in a neutral site, uh, and that seems New University of North Dakota seems like it is at the top of the list. But again, they're going to talk about other locations this week. Um, I think there was a little bit of Red Wings news or rumors floating around that Alexander Cadekin was talking about maybe coming to the NHL. Um, Where he would be put, I don't know. Uh, I chalked it all up to probably um, posturing on his part to get a better deal in the KHL because what it sounded like is they were trying to lowball him a little bit. But if we look at what he did this season, so in the KHL this season, he played for Salavat Yulev, and he, in 59 games, had 29 points, 11 goals, 18 assists. So I don't think by any means he would be lighting it up in the NHL, mostly bottom six center, which we've already kind of got people for that role. I would I would call our bottom six rules stacked at this point. Yeah, so on, I said unless they are planning on clearing house and getting rid of someone like Nielsen or someone like Abdicator, it really doesn't make much sense to bring someone like Cadekin in, who he was a seventh round pick, number 201 overall in 2014. Um, his points are up from the previous season. In four more games, he had nine more points than normal, but by no means are his numbers jumping off the the screen and 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 hitting me like like oh my god we need to bring him over right now so that's why i think it was probably more posturing just to see if he can get a better deal i really don't know a whole lot about him to be honest with you but bringing anybody in to i don't know see what they got i mean even if it is posturing on his end i mean what do the red wings really have to lose a spot i guess a roster spot Depends on the term and what the deal is. Yeah, but what is. if I mean, the kid can play though? Look at his. Look at his. He's twenty six years old. If he could play, for Oliver Oliver Kasky. Yeah, if he could play, he would have yeah, been over true. here two years ago. 
I mean, That's true. He's an overager. His birthday's October 4th. So by the time the next season started, he'd be 27 already. Hmm. I mean, and even looking at that, if we even have if we've got to push next season, he'll be even older. So hmm. I'm not really high on bringing in a 26 year old bottom six center for whatever money he's going to want. And if he's trying to get more than what our league minimum is. To come over here, he could probably get more in Russia just on a one-year contract. Probably a lot more. Yeah, so I don't I don't see any reason that, like, maybe if you tried to bring him over three years ago and develop him in the AHL a little bit and get him used to North American hockey and, and get him in and get him going, but I don't I don't see any reason to to bring someone like Cadekin in, even though we still own his rights. And if he came here, he'd pretty much have to sign with the Red Wings. But I I don't know why why you'd you'd want to. And I get it. People are like, yeah, bring him over. Let's see what he can do, because it's exciting to have a little bit of news. And it's somewhat exciting to see a, a, a new name floated out there. But I really don't see any reason to do it or any reason why we would be entertaining the thought when there are several. I mean, prospects that are most likely better than him that are younger. I mean, you're going to need a spot for you're going to need to push someone out just to bring in Joe Valeno halfway through the year if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of moves that are made, especially come whenever the draft is and whenever the actual offseason comes. I think that there's going to be either a wheeling or de- wheeling and dealing like we've already seen, or a guillotine of players <laughs> just hitting the block. Boom, one after the next, just not even cleaning off the freaking block. I could see that happening too. Just Iserman coming out with his executioner hood, giant axe, <laughs> and just lining them up. But it's there, there's your next uh, um, photo to, to make up. Iserman with the with the uh, once the offseason starts, have a mask a on. Iserman with the mask and a guillot- the guillotine or a, a giant axe. Yeah, I. I think now that's the other thing that's kind of holding it up is we don't know what's going to happen with the the draft when the lottery is going to take place because we can't really do anything until they decide what they want to do with the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. if there's no games, uh, no regular season games played, that's fine. But there's still has to be play if they still plan on doing playoffs. Yeah, you can have a lottery the... as soon as playoffs I mean... are decided, but you're not mm-hmm. going to have the full order until playoffs are done no but you don't need that though i mean okay if you've got you could do your lottery with your top 15 that's all you need is your top 15 so until they decide what they want to do with the rest of the season they can't Mm -hmm. have a lottery so if they're unless they say tomorrow we are canceling the rest of the regular season they can go ahead with a lottery like they had planned they could just do it yep Mm -hmm. it seems like heck they're gonna try to do this north dakota plan or this this neutral site plan because it seems like, I mean, uh, number one, they don't want to lose the money, and number two, how many seasons have we almost lost to labor things and and this well now this kind of thing? Ninety three oh four, we almost lost twenty twelve twenty thirteen. I mean, I, I think the league is going to try like heck to get this thing going. Hey, if they can't, they can't, but at least they tried, and you know we'll see in September or whatever. But I'm sorry, ninety five and thirteen. Uh, 9304. Well, 04, too. They lost the whole 0405 season for the lockout, which was not here nor there. Yeah. That was 
that was, was terrible. Nineteen ninety five and twenty thirteen were the actual lockouts. Yep. So I think season. I think personally they're going to try like heck to get this season the at least the playoffs in because they're losing a ton of money as are all the other leagues. So if they can, if they're as backed by the, if they're backed by the CDC and other organizations and experts that say something like this can potentially work. Major League Baseball said the same thing. I say give it a shot. What do you have to lose? I mean, you're probably going to piss people off, but you're going to piss people off regardless. Big deal. You're going to piss people off anyways. People are going to talk all the shit that they want. The majority of the people that, that see hockey on their TV with empty stadiums or whatever they decide to do, are going to be so happy. There's going to be people that don't even watch hockey that will watch this because they're sick of watching CNN or whatever news channel you end up watching. Like, I I don't know. I I think that there's an opportunity for the NHL not to just cash in on this. I'm not saying that at all. So don't think I'm saying that, but I think there's an opportunity for the NHL or some of these other leagues to kind of, you know, ease this a little bit. Give something a little bit of hope towards normalcy for some people. Now, there's a lot of logistics that have to be ironed out and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's simple, but it can be done. And if the CDC is backing it, then I say, why not give it a shot? Yeah, they're saying some of the big challenges right now are, are travel and lodging. Like, what? how are people flying in? How are they? Where are they staying? What is, is going on with it? So... I think they could stay in the dorms, couldn't they? If there's no one in the dorms, they could. Now, it all depends then when when other states are getting back to what they want to get back to. So if they want to start letting kids go back to school, then the dorms are going to be full again. Uh, hotels, oh, are, hotels are closed um, for the most part. So if you're looking at... It's like you said, it's it's kind of a logistical nightmare to figure out how they would even go back to doing it. But but they want to do it because mostly because they're losing money. So um, but yeah, you wouldn't be able you're not going to be able to have a lottery until the fate of the regular season is decided. And you're not going to be able to have a draft until the actual whole season is completed, depending on what they want to do. So if they're not going to have like the mayor of California or one of the mayors of the of Santa Clara said they're not expecting sports back until they'd be lucky if they came back in November. Um, so you'd have to do everything at a neutral site and yep. to get all that wrapped up, you, we might not have a draft until next year with the way that it's going now, which sucks. Cause you know, we do all these draft things and we want to get, people going around the draft and and guests on doing their mocks and you can only mock so much when no one's playing anything so nothing is changing well i'd say it's 50 50 greg i think there's a chance that you know the next couple weeks we hear that the season the rest of the season's canceled and playoffs and then at that point you can do what the nfl's doing and do a media draft or a um virtual draft but you can't draft you can't draft until playoffs are done yeah, but what if you cancel the season in the playoffs and you just leave oh, yeah. it the way it is? Yeah, if you cancel the I mean. season, say there's no cup awarded, say that we're just going to scrap it and, and do the lottery and do the draft, then yeah, that's that's how you'd have to do it. But the longer they wait and the longer they drag their feet, uh, the the more you have to push stuff off. So I think they, they're going to have to make this decision in the next couple weeks on what they want to do uh, because there's a lot. I mean, there's kids... Not to sound like 
putting it make it sound dire but there's i mean kids futures kind of hanging in the balance on on what they're going to do uh, going forward who they're going to be drafted by where they're going to be living what what's going to happen with their their future of playing no that's a dire thing Un- I, I would say i mean it's not life or death but it's it's one of those things hey i mean these kids have have grown up their entire life wanting to live out this dream and you know now they're their life is on pause and they don't know where they're going. They put all their work into this all year long, all their career long, but now they don't know what their situation is. Am I going to be going back to Ramuski next year for, for Lafreniere? No, uh, is, no, he won't be, but everyone else, they don't but know if what's no going draft, on. Though, if there's no draft though. Oh, there, there will have to be a draft. It's just when the draft would be. So, like you said, it's putting a lot of people's lives on hold. I mean, it's necessary, but it's putting people's lives on hold and their mm-hmm. their future, putting some uncertainty into their future on, on what they're going to do. So it's it sucks where we're at, um, but I think the faster they get it figured out, the, the faster things will kind of fall into place as far as how they're going to carry out the rest of the season and what's going to happen going forward. What is your guess, Greg? Um, I would say if they don't have a decision on what they want to do going forward in the next two weeks, two to three weeks, that that everything will eventually just be canceled. But like I said, the NHL and the NHLPA were talking this week. It normally takes them a couple weeks to get something done. So I would say if it's not done within two weeks, then you're you're probably looking at a higher. The the longer time goes by, the higher the possibility of of just the rest of everything being canceled. Yay. Because it takes a long I mean they don't want to be playing playoffs in in October. June, or, July, August. Yeah. I mean it's even looking like it could be past that. They don't want to be playing. I say if they can't get location secured and stuff figured out, like if they don't see any kind of rosy outlook by like you said, July or August, then you've got to cancel it because you can't you're not gonna be playing playoff games in a September unless you plan on no. shortening the the next season or starting no, the next season. No, and they don't want late. to do that. They yeah. don't want to do that. Well, I'll tell you one thing, and this is one idea that kind of popped into my head. So Major League Baseball wants to go to Arizona, which is one of the st- spots that hasn't been totally affected that much by the coronavirus. So it's one of those things, well, why can't you have the Eastern Conference in one, like if say you're just cutting to the playoffs and you're cutting the rest of the regular season off, you're going to 68 games and that's it, or, or however you want to do it. Why can't you have the Eastern Conference in one one area of the country and the Western Conference in one area of the country, and you do you do it separately, and then you know when when the finals is, you do it in Las Vegas or you do it in wherever you want to do it, and hopefully by that point the Stanley Cup final you could have it with fans or, or limited fans or something. I think it's because again logistics of getting all that together, but then also mitigating risk. So by having but, everyone right, in one that's, spot, that's easier than having them all in one spot. It's, I think it's it may be easier to plan, but it's not safer. I say having everyone in one location where everything can be monitored and people can be locked down instead of having to monitor two locations and having to hire double the staff. And it's it costs. I would say it costs less and it's easier to ensure safety when everyone is in one spot rather than splitting them up into hiring double the amount of people and, and having to do it that way. So I think it's because they're already losing money. 
they also have to be conscious with what money they're going to be spending finishing out the season. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I think something will happen, um, but I think you're going to have to see a decision within the next two weeks, I would say. What do you guys think the chances are that they end up playing the rest of the playoffs? Ryan? 50-50. Really? You're split right down the middle? On whether or not it's going to happen or not? Yeah, on whether anything's going to happen. Like, they're going to play any games. In the NHL? Yeah. No, in the WNBA. No, I mean, I didn't know if that was like a more generalized (laughs) question or just... No, that the the NHL are going to play any games at all. I think it's a it's it's split because if you roll too deep into the in the summer by the random chance of hell, you impact the following season too much. Yep. Yeah. And by that point, like if if we get to the point hypothetically where we're now stuck at home for another month and a half, so we're pushing June and nothing has restarted, I think that the likelihood of all cancellation is very high. I mean, even if they if they don't have a plan in place, but like you, you have to do something or cancel by I would say mid May. May first, May first, I would say is the cutoff point. I'd say mid May would be pushing it, but you've got to have a plan by then, or else you're done. Because you can't, I mean, throw stuff together and have a BS playoffs that are rushed and sloppy. And I think part of that plan would have to include a condensed playoff. Yeah. Meaning, yeah, I agree. Kind of like what we talked about, where you have like a first round that's maybe a three game series, three, five, and seven, or five, five, seven, or something like that. Yeah. I as think you're right. That would suck, but that'd be the only option you have without one not taking this into August. Because let's see, we'd be starting playoffs now, and they don't, the cup's not done until usually the first week or second week of June, typically the first week. Yeah. So it's two months for a full playoff scenario to take place. So yeah, they yeah, they're not going to do. There's no chance if they don't start till almost June, and you want to go full seven game playoffs. You're talking July, August that they're getting done when training camps are just kicking off at end of August and start of September. Yep. Yeah, unless they want to condense next year, and they're going to want to get mm-hmm. back to normal as soon as possible. So I don't think they're going to want to condense next year. I think they'd rather yeah. kill this year than condense next year. Because you but, know that's I mean the money the money lost is already there so that that is what it is if you can get some type of playoff in that'd be great or they get crazy and do a World Cup of hockey again and then just yeah on that making a lot of money yeah because you're gonna they already pushed the Olympics so that gives them a little more wiggle room to do something else mm-hmm. uh, that's to make up for maybe a lost playoffs if that does happen and, and if you do something like that you have a likelihood of having your top tier players across all the teams yeah actually there. there. Mm-hmm. so a world cup if it's as where was it supposed to be this year do you guys know Off no i don't know they don't know they never announced no oh, they didn't announce where the location would be for this year nope oh. well i mean if even if you did something like that here in the u.s and canada and that's going to put butts in seats especially if you get a u.s canada matchup at some point in there or you get just any of the top foreign european clubs like europe or i'm sorry europe yes europe uh team europe playing <laughs> all the in, european uh, clubs yes. like europe uh, you bring in sweet <laughs> sweden or uh russia into this tournament and you got some of those big name guys coming from those countries in here it's there's your opportunity to make some type of money because you know the nhl is going to gobble up anyways so 
I mean, maybe that's your fallback plan is you still have that in over here, or you do a split series where you do part here and part in Europe to try to help them out. Yeah, they'll they'll have to do something because they can't just sit around and, and bleed money until mm-hmm. until they're completely empty. They've made so much headway within the past few years that just letting it all go is probably the worst thing you could do. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's probably going to be it for us tonight. Just a shortened episode because, again, there's not a lot going on. Um, but let's get I you got guys one drowning of my cabinets. Go ahead, Tyler. So I saw an article. I mean, everyone's just pulling shit out of from nowhere. So, but it was Ken Holland talking, and he said that he nearly drafted Russian superstar Pavel Bure. Now, Um, imagine what that would have looked like. I think the problem with that was that the Red Wings were told uh, Pavel Bure was not eligible, even though he was eligible, and uh, they didn't take him because they were told he was ineligible. Why would he be ineligible though? Uh, there were I don't I didn't read into the reasoning why, but I saw a tweet last week that, that the Red Wings would have drafted draft. would have drafted him, but they were told he was ineligible to be drafted. So I don't know Is the it, background on it, but yeah, I did see that the Red Wings the Red would Wings have drafted picks him. that year in 1989: Mike Sillinger, Bob Bugner, <laughs> Nick Lidstrom, Sergei Fedorov. <laughs> Imagine Sean getting. Fedorov, Lidstrom, and Pavel Bure. Dallas Drake. I didn't realize he made the full round, getting drafted by the Wings, then finally went on a couple yep. of them. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Neat. And they didn't have a seventh round. Oh, wait, their seventh round pick was Scott Zagulski. Sure. That sounds like a name. So they picked Dallas Drake. Where did Pavel go? At 116, the Canucks drafted Bure at 113. Yeah, so it it's it's interesting how like if they would have drafted him, I think they would have been set for a very long. Like they oh would have God. won two more. Yeah, two maybe two more cups. That would have been crazy, man. So yeah, it's really interesting to see. But yeah, I was I read that they were told that he was ineligible, so yeah. they did not draft him. That's interesting. I never yeah. heard that story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off, and we will start with Ryan. Uh, my final thought is pour one out and hat tip <laughs> to uh, what? It's what? Yeah, got a problem with hat tip? It's appropriate for what I'm using right now. Uh, for Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline passed away this past week. Uh, not due to the virus going along, going around. I I don't know the details of how it happened. I just know that I know he was at spring training. He was a a common sight with the Tigers for basically what is forever. You could say if you're a Tigers fan, you know, the number, you know, the background 68 champ, um, basically the epitome of Tigers baseball, Detroit legend. Yes. Hands down. And he's, he's the Gordy Howe for Tigers baseball. I guess you could put it that way. Is is that that an appropriate analogy for the top tier of their teams? Uh, for the sport in general the detroit news uh apparently reported that he had recently suffered a stroke and that could have been complications from the stroke gotcha because i know he was spotted at spring training when it was kicked off yeah um this year and i thought he was unless that was the old picture he probably was no he probably was 
Yeah, Kaline was at a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was always at spring training. He was a, a normal see it on the on the ball field day to day. So glasses up to to Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline, and uh, another piece of un- unfortunate sad news in this this great time we're having right now. Obviously, sarcasm there, but uh, I guess all we can do is do what we can, stay home, stay safe, and keep the liquor cabinet stocked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the liquor stores must be must be making some cake right now. Yeah, they're they're booming. Hey, if they yeah. got milk and bread, they're doing great. Kyle. That's all I got. Um my my final thoughts are it's it's kind of a little bit what uh Ryan said, you know, RIP Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline, great uh Detroit icon for a long period of time. Um, didn't know a whole lot about him, but I've been a baseball fan since I was a little kid, and I've obviously known the name Al K-Line with the whole K-Line's corner and everything like that. So RIP him. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all the people that um, that are working on the front lines of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it, it's, it takes, you know, some real guts and, and some... Um, you know, grit and toughness to be doing what those people are doing uh, to ensure that, you know, some people stay alive and, and, you know, people are, are, you know, trying to stay as healthy as possible and get as healthy as possible, you know, overcoming that virus. Um, You know, I just want to say everyone stay inside, just try and do what you can to make this, this part as easy or make this time as easy as possible I know it sucks staying inside. Trust me, I'm 25 years old and I, I want to be outside all the time. But um, right now they need us to stay inside and um, things will get better. Um, that's that's the one thing I want to remind people of. Things will get better. Things are going to get better. Things will have to move on. So think positively. Yeah, I know things suck right now, but things uh, are going to get better. And hockey is going to be played at some point. The barns are going to be full again, and they're going to be rocking for the playoffs, and hopefully LCA is again. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, people. I really appreciate it. Well, that, those are my final thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Yeah, my final thoughts are just going to be um, just hang in there. It's We've got all – like you said, it's these shows are going to be a little thin because there's no content really to talk about. Um, but we do this just because it's it's fun. It's a sense of normalcy for us to do something with each other, to just get on and talk about hockey, even though there's a, very little to talk about right now. Um, but I want to say thanks to everyone who listens to us, uh, who talks to us on Twitter. The hockey community is probably one of the strongest Twitter sports communities out there. And we really appreciate everyone who follows us, who interacts with us. Um, I will be, like we said, we will be doing more giveaways soon. Um, depending on, you know, the, the situation of when I can go to the post office. So, and, and <laughs> I went to the post office actually last week and they had basically tarps between you and the postal worker where you really couldn't even see them. And you had to slide your stuff underneath a tarp to get it sent out. And, uh, it's getting crazy times here. So when I can uh, go to, because they are such tight spaces and I really don't want to be around anybody, um, <laughs> when I can go there safely and send things out, like I said, we got a bunch of cool stuff from upper deck that I'll be tweeting out pictures of just to kind of show everyone what we got. So we will have giveaways coming up. Um, but you can follow me online at bringing the wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline pod. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and where all major podcasts can be found. Uh, we like to give a shout out to founders 
uh, Brewing, who is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. And if you use the promo code uh, Grindline on Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you can save 10% off of your order. They are a Michigan-made product, so it's always good in a time like this to support local. You can also use the same promo code Grindline on Bring Hockey Back to get 12% off of your order. Again, small business, guys. That's what we're all about right now. Um, keeping those small businesses alive because it's in a time where most business has stopped. They are the ones that are hurting the most are the small businesses. So any little bit you can do to promote them is greatly appreciated. But I think that's going to do it for us tonight. For Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.